2: Trisana Chandler probably doesn't approve of swear words. But we're about to read her book, so who knows? Maybe she'll change her mind. Just in case, you should be warned, we might swear in this episode. We're, we're
3: going to judge you extra harsh.
4: I'm, I'm the new one. Shit rolls downhill. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay, ready.
2: We just because like we're all super excited to talk to Goodwin. So should we just like get this uh, shenanigan started? Yes.
3: I'm so down for starting shenanigans. Let's go.
2: So hello, reading circle temple novices and dedicates two episodes ago. At the end of season one. We promised you a surprise, and here it is. We have a fourth member of our Reading Circle Temple, which means we have a boy now, which we officially have, a circle of magic.
4: It, it, it worked out perfectly.
2: <laughs> All right, Goodwin, tell us some stuff about yourself.
4: Oh, god, I was not ready for this. Um, <laughs> i i should have been but here i am well, really my name is good one uh I'm a guy i like oh to read i just don't do as much of it as i used to i guess so i'm glad i i, I have this excuse to uh, make myself read some more
2: Yay, reading! Yay, reading.
4: reading is <laughs> fundamental
2: what kind of books do you normally read
4: I think there's two main big genres that I like to read and that historical fiction and just kind of fiction in general I, I do like the kind of sci-fi kind of historical fiction sort of stuff you know stuff like Ender's Game any other stuff Orson Scott Card has done some Isaac Asimov but I think my favorite nice. series has to be the Emperor series by S.M. Sterling I love those books they're they kind of start out in this kind of post-apocalyptic, you know, technology exists, but then it kind of stops and then it regresses into magic, which is kind of fun. Oh,
3: that's cool.
5: Yeah.
4: So I, I kind of did see some similarities in this where like science exists, but magic does too. And they kind of work side by side. So that's, I, I really like that in, in this series.
2: I'm definitely going to need to check that out because the whole science and magic existing side by side is part of like the fantasy universe that I write in.
4: And I like that, too, because it's kind of weird to have one or the other and not both, but this one. They were talking about in the Winding Circle Temple that they have, like, lightning rods on on the tallest building, and I thought that was something that was really neat. They don't use magical protection. They just use science, basically, for that.
3: It's such a neat thing because it's, like, something you don't think about.
6: I didn't catch that at all.
3: Yeah, (laughs) it's something you don't think about because that's actually something that we use, but... It didn't draw attention like it does with the greenhouse.
2: I think that's in part because the greenhouse is also used to sort of place us in our setting. Because it's like, ooh, greenhouse, something no one's ever seen before. But I think the lightning rod was a little bit more normal. But it could be wrong.
4: They really kind of just glossed over it. But I like that sort of technical, detailed world building. Basically almost like a throwaway line, but it kind of gives you some insight to how that world works, or at least the higher, in a temple, they have access to that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah, I was reading a chapter in one of the later books recently, and there was something else where there's just like a little conversation, and there's two or three lines of dialogue, and I was like, wow, she crammed so much world building into this dialogue, because it's not super important to the story, but it's kind of a reminder that there's so much more. World- it gives you a, more of an understanding about the world that's being yeah. portrayed. Have you read The Devil in the White City or any other books by Eric Larson? No. Uh, just because you said know. you like historical fiction and I recently had The Devil in the White City recommended to me and it's about H.H. Holmes. He has another one that's about Nazi Germany coming to power, which sounds super interesting. So like, they're both on my list. Since you like historical fiction, I have heard him recommended, haven't read mm-hmm. anything by him yet. Can't tell you what
4: it. Did you say his name was Eric Larson? Yes, that's the name of one of the characters from the Emberverse series.
2: It's meant to be.
4: <laughs> like, like literally, his name is Eric Larson. Like, I'm ninety nine percent sure. What a coincidence, honestly. Like,
2: yeah, <laughs> I'm looking it up. Oh my god, yeah, it's spelled exactly the same. Way. See? Yeah, Eric that's Larson awesome. led the A list of the Bear Killers to the Battle of Pendleton. That sentence just sounds amazing, by the way. (laughs)
4: They're super cool. I read that and I was
2: like, now I see why Goodwin wanted to play the bear cavalry. (laughs) Yes. Literally,
4: exactly, yes. (laughs)
2: That's Uh, exactly why. (laughs) Now that we've pulled a Sandry and demanded that you be friends with us, tell us, what did you think of Sandry's book?
4: I will be honest. I had a kind of a tough time getting into it like the first two chapters tamara pierce's kind of dialogue and descriptors of people it didn't come in until later and for me that's just kind of different from what i'm used to the books that i read i'm not saying it's better or worse but it's definitely different from like sm sterling's descriptors of people come right (laughs) after they're introduced so he tells you oh they're yay tall got curly hair long hair whatever pretty soon after they're introduced like within a couple of lines which like i said not better or worse but once i realized kind of what the characters looked like helped me kind of picture them better in, in my brain and speaking of that i really like Tamara pierce's it's a condensed way of describing characters like what she was talking about everyone's heights she'll reference one person's height and then say, oh, and that's like six inches taller than this person that they're talking to. Like a concise way to put all that info there, but do it quickly and not have to do that thing where you describe everyone immediately after you introduce them. After that, I got into it. I enjoyed the book a lot. I think that was really the main thing that kind of threw me off at first. It took me a little bit to get into, but overall, it was good.
2: Who's your favorite character?
4: I think uh, Deja. Yeah, I like the metalworking stuff. I like her resilience to kind of continue living her life even though she's ostracized from everyone she knows and loves through no fault of her own. I like her character a lot and I'm looking forward to see how she continue to wow. progress.
2: That's awesome because we consider you sort of the daja of our four. <laughs>
4: there it is. Yeah. Uh,
2: you like metal things, and you are sort of the the calmest, clear headed one of us.
4: I, I guess it depends yeah. on the day, but but yeah.
2: Who is your favorite character that is not one of the four kids?
4: I think this might have to be two. One is for no real good reason other than his name. I forgot. It. It's Nick. It's uh Nick
2: Nicklaren. <laughs> Nicklaren.
4: Bold Eye. And I like him, not because of a character, because I don't think we've gotten too much of that yet, but I like his name because Nick Laren sounds like McLaren, which is a type of sports car that I've liked ever since I was a kid. And his last name is Gold Eye, which sounds pretty close to Golden Eye, which is one of my favorite old school James Bond videos.
3: That's why I kept getting confused, because when we first was introduced to him. I kept
2: calling him Niclair and Goldeneye. <laughs> Me too.
4: Yeah, I think and that's, every
3: time
4: I saw you're... his name, that's exactly what I thought.
2: There's like a full minute of dialogue between Brittany and I in, a, in our episode over chapter one where we're like how do you say his name? What is his name again? We'll flip it through the book. Where is his name again?
3: Have I you like the, the entirety in the first episode? <laughs> It was
2: the second one. Oh yeah, you have a second. <laughs> you have oh, a second one.
4: I do. I really like the way Tamara Pierce described the the name Escape Me, but the little bonsai tree. Aww. Aww. I don't know why something about that little tree and all the care that it had in the past and like how it helped Ryer out in his time of need when he helped it out. It was very
3: cool. This is where Indy just starts spoiling. <laughs> <laughs>
2: This is also why we needed you here, because I don't think any of us consider that as an option for your other favorite characters.
4: A little different perspective, I guess, is always good.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think it's totally legitimate. And Indy has read some of the books from Tamara Pierce's other series, so mm-hmm. she can confirm this. In her other series, animals are frequently characters like that. They don't yes. necessarily talk to you, but they have a lot of personality. I feel like Briar's tree is like that as well. It doesn't yeah. talk the way the people do, but it has a lot of personality.
4: I like the way that Briar, like when he was sort of conversing with the tree after the earthquake, he was just talking to it and was like, thank you. And like he was like, okay, I'll let you grow one sprout, but that's it. Okay.
2: And we see that with Rosethard too. She talks with her plants. I know that there's a scene where a bunch of her plants start putting out buds and she's like, stop it. You know better. Sounds like
3: me. Anytime I'm talking to my plants, stop, (laughs) stop the thing you're currently doing, please.
4: You should know better.
2: What was your favorite part of the book?
4: I think the part that I enjoyed the most was when Daja and Sandry were in the cafeteria. And like, (laughs) Sandry's like, Daja, come over here. You can sit.
2: And then like
4: one, one of the other noble girls at the table was like, no, you can't sit here. You're not wearing pink. (laughs)
3: thank you for making that reference I am so glad you made that reference
4: yeah and then Sandra just like absolutely puts her down like she calls her a cat You, you better quit because I have higher rank than you don't make me pull rank on you that, believe, that was funny. I think that was like one of the funnier parts for
3: me.
2: I believe this is the part where you texted me and said quote, Sandry is such a savage.
3: Yes. <laughs> it was.
2: That is probably
3: one of the most savage comments that she made <laughs> in the entire series. Yes,
4: I actually have it here saved. It's, Lady Daja is my guest. Sandry told Liza. <laughs> and she replies, if that's a lady, I'm a cat. Then Sandra lifts up the pitcher and gives her some milk. You better start (laughs) laughing, Kitty. I love that part. It's great. Very
2: funny. I am sort of the Sandra of our group, and honestly, I aspire to be a little bit more savage. (laughs) Like, yes, that's who I want to be. Sandra is fiercely loyal, and if she likes you, she will jump to your defense
4: no matter what. Even if she she doesn't know you, she just kind of does
3: that she definitely doesn't like to see
2: people mistreated mm-hmm. she has a very strong sense of justice and she's like this is unjust and i'm gonna do something about it
6: whether i get i mean you're
3: not like with the fight i was gonna say was, like look what she did town. she
2: <laughs> bit me i didn't know she's a noble she bit me. <laughs> i wonder if one of the other kids had seen that first how would they have reacted I don't think Daja would have necessarily jumped into the fray. She might have gone and gotten Lark or Rosethorn and been like, "Hey, these two boys are abusing this dog," and then the adults would have taken care of it. Yeah, <laughs> but Sandry's, Sandry's just like, "No, like,
3: full on. I'm gonna fuck these kids up." Straight,
4: straight for it.
3: That's where I'm, Sandry. Is I'm just like, "Let's go."
4: I'm not gonna lie. I I, I thought that would be something Briar would have pulled, biting people.
3: Right, I have no hesitation in biting somebody if it came down to it. (laughs) I
4: mean, if I saw someone biting a puppy and I didn't have another option, yeah, bite bite them.
2: I have some thoughts about Briar and the rules of fighting that he learned on the street, but I don't think we really see that in this book. But I think there are places in later books where we get hints of even though he grew up living on the streets, there's still kind of an honor code that he has, which is what he followed on the streets. And I wonder if whether or not it's okay to bite someone factors into that. I'm going to be yeah. honest. I think
3: it's an option, but probably not the go-to. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: yeah more, more of a less, sort of. Thing.
2: Those boys are lucky that Nico took his knives away. Yes, yes, they are. Because <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, Briar carries knives on his body and he's not afraid to use them. But I can also see like, if he's in like, a one-on-one fight with somebody, I can see him being like, no, biting is inappropriate. But if he's ambushed and attacked, he's like, this is already unfair. I every, every...
3: <laughs> there is no holds barred. We're just gonna go for it. <laughs>
6: For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
2: What was your biggest takeaway from this book? People are stronger together,
4: I think. I think that's like the main, my main takeaway from it, I guess.
2: The power of friendship. The power of friendship. friendship. (laughs) I like that Goodwin states it in this very eloquent way. People are stronger together, and then the girls are all like, my Little Pony, The Power of Friendship! It sounds
4: like the same thing.
2: In pink with rainbows and flowers, and then Goodwin's is much more dignified.
4: I'll be honest with you, I was channeling my high school, oh, I have to write a report on a book kind of thing. <laughs> That's why it sounded like that, because I don't usually talk. Unity brings us together. When you work together, you get more stuff done.
2: Teamwork makes the dream work. Hey! This may be because I teach English, but this whole podcast does have a slight college literature seminar feel about it.
3: It kind of does, yeah. So
2: if you could change one thing about this book, what would you change?
4: It kind of sounds wrong saying this, especially since I know it's a four-part thing, but I think I would have I liked it to be a little longer. But it feels good to know that there's plenty more left to read.
3: Good news! There's three more books in this (laughs) part alone. (laughs) But there's four after that and three more
2: after that. These books were written in the 90s. And so Mm -hmm. she'd written at least two series that take place in her other universe before this. Right. And those are also about the same length. So then in her other universe, she wrote a third series, And then she wrote a fourth set of books. It's just two books, which apparently is called a duology. Those books are like twice as long. They're big fat books. And in her acknowledgments, it says like, thanks to J.K. Rowling for proving that young adults will read longer books. (laughs) So I don't know if she had a notion that she couldn't make her books too long or if there was pressure from her publishers. But from what I've seen, it sounds like to some extent, at least early in her career, there was some pressure to keep books relatively short.
4: Yeah, you know, them kids nowadays don't got no attention spans.
2: Who or what do you want to know more about or hope to learn more about in future books?
4: Did you say who or, or what?
2: Either either or. Yeah, so maybe it's like there's a specific character you'd like to see more of, or maybe there's like a specific facet of her world that you'd like to know more about.
4: I think what has my attention right now is Triss, which I know her book is next, which is good, because I have a lot of questions about her character. We got some characterization here, but I kind of see how everyone else, their magic kind of deals with creation, putting stuff together. And her magic seems kind of, I'm not going to say out of place, but definitely different from everyone else's controlling weather. It's not in the same vein of communicating with plants and helping them to grow or creating threads and meshing magic together or metalworking. It it seems a little more kind of vague. I kind of of want to see where her powers, what, what kind of the limits of her ability are.
3: That's legit, man. i i I like that one speaking of tris's book
2: (laughs) this is my last thing for you
3: britney you cannot give him ideas you're not allowed to spoil it
2: Um, since you are
3: totally correct in your assumption of what happened
2: i am going to give you three words that describe Triss's book so it's attempting to sort of try and sum up the book in three words and this is just sort of to give you a bit of a launching point to go off of but I want to know your predictions for what you think will happen in the book or even what you hope to happen because as we all know Brittany hopes that Carell will get killed by pirates (laughs) <laughs> yes, that is her I main like wish. I don't like that guy. <laughs> I should have asked him what he thinks of Carell. <laughs> so here are your three words. Pirates, family, shriek. This is a
4: tough one. I mean, I guess what I immediately go to is there are gonna be pirates and they're bad, bad pirates, not good pirates. Someone related? Could it like maybe someone related to Daja? Kind of ocean-faring, other ocean-faring folk, perhaps. Maybe they're going to go somewhere and they're going to get accosted by pirates that are related to someone we know. That would be
3: my guess. I love the word accosted. That word makes me happy. What <laughs> <laughs> <They're right laughs> about the word shriek?
4: Someone's going to get got by these pirates. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. There's going to be shrieking all around. You know what? I think that maybe they're going to travel... What was the name of the temple that tried to stop the earth or like control the earthquake? Wave circle. Wave circle. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they're gonna head that way for some reason.
5: And they're just gonna <gasps> attacked
4: by pirates, and uh, it's someone that they know, and someone's gonna someone's gonna die.
1: Maybe. We'll find out.
3: We'll find out.
4: All right. I hope it's
1: Carell. <laughs> <laughs> Why is
3: everybody just so? The yes. <laughs> yes. I, 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 Molly. I feel like we need to start a Karel fan club because these two are just mean.
4: Right. Yes. You and me, Carol hate club. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready for some angry emails.
2: I mean, I will say, Hammer Pierce does not shy away from death and destruction in her stories. Yeah, Which no, is, no, she does not. Community that hero could die. Which we learned in book one because yeah. it opens with Sandry's community dying with Dasha's, Dasha's entire dying, Briar's gang basically being sent into hard labor where they're going to die very early. And then after the earthquake, the whole wave circle temple is entirely destroyed. Everybody's dead. Yeah. digging out bodies uh, after several days. Oh, she
3: does not she does not hesitate to fuck with your emotions.
2: Even when things get really grim, there is always still hope, which is probably why I keep coming back to them over and over and over.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's a good message
2: It is. it really is.
3: Circle Temple, Temple is created by, by us. Indy, Molly, and Brittany. You can find us at readingcircletemple.com or send us an email at Temple of Circle at gmail.com.
1: Thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork.
3: You can find them on Tumblr at Yellow is for Happy, or on Instagram at Shannon and Also thank you to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick for our theme music. Find more of Thomas Dick's music on SoundCloud.
1: Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing the Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week.
3: We'll side on that. What do you think?
4: I think he's a jerk. I mean. I don't know if I want him murdered by pirates. Well, I don't want him murdered.
3: I just <laughs> didn't want him to exist at all. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't want him. I don't
4: want him killed to death or thrown into the void. But he, he's kind of a jerk,
2: yeah. So I find this interesting because I like Kirel. Indy likes Kirel. I was listening to another podcast recently called uh, Tortal and Knights*, and they were talking about how both of them really liked Kirel and he's just kind of cute and dorky and adorable, sort of this person who's, like, sent around to, like, to, like, carry lift-heavy lift objects.
3: Right. <laughs> I feel like since y'all like him so much that he's gonna grow on me like Dobby in Harry Potter. Like
6: I hated Dobby. <laughs> I, would,
3: I would yeah. not compare yeah, I Girl to Dobby, but, I mean, I guess? I am just saying I hated him at first. I hated Dobby, and then, like as the series went on I'm like, okay, Dobby's cool. I like Dobby, so maybe it'll...
4: He, he was pretty annoying at first too. he
3: was, super he, annoying was really annoying was at the first, at
4: first. He was kind of a jerk too. He was like, oh, hey Harry,
3: hey, uh, I'm, I'm just trying here, to I'm gonna you. try and kill you <laughs>
4: let me let me let me freak you out a lot and then totally 180 not
3: kill only to maim. yeah (laughs) exactly so maybe he'll turn out like that like he's annoying at first and then he does a 180
1: and he's amazing
2: it's this is one of the things that i love about reading a book series with people who who are unfamiliar with it because i get to see like those reactions um because I don't really remember how I reacted to him when I first read him and I don't know maybe you'll grow to like him maybe you won't but either way it's like it's just really cool to like oh hey this is like a completely other point of view that I get to witness.
4: So yeah. I guess that I is a cool thing think, of having you know that many people.
5: Yeah.
3: See I, w- I was gonna say I think part of the reason why we might like him is because of the fact that we've seen him later on in the series or maybe because we grew up with it yeah like I mean it's it's possible it's either one of those theories
2: that's what I'm curious to see is I want to see if they they grow to like him more and it's because of how his character evolves or if they just still continue to dislike him and it has something to do with like us having oh read goodness. these books as kids. So Yeah,
3: like I, it's, my, my big thing is, is I'm curious if, I think mostly when I, uh thank you, I think when I first read it, I was pretty indifferent, to be honest. Like, I don't think he ever really made much of an impression when i first read the series but like so it will it'll be interesting to see if that is a learned behavior or if it's just a difference of opinions <laughs>
2: yeah. um so we're going to conduct a very not scientific experiment as we yeah. continue to
3: that is what we're doing now <laughs>
4: I guess guess we're guinea pigs.
2: Yes. (laughs) Um, All right.
3: That's that's going to be the final question at the end of every book. What is your opinion?
5: (laughs) Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.